Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Um, yeah, I'm, I've got to acknowledge it's Mother's Day. It's kind of required. Uh, but no, if you're, if you're a mother in, in the room or online, if you want to stand up at home, that's fine. But if you're a mother here in the house, if you would just stand, I just want to pray over you and bless you and just, we all just want to honor you this morning. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we can give a hand. Yeah. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray real quick. Uh, if, you, if you would, just reach your hands out to, to those around you. God, thank you so much for uh, just mothers and, and the love and, and the compassion they have for their families, uh, the sacrifices that they make uh, pouring their lives out into their, their kids, their family. Um, the job description is pretty, pretty broad. Um, and we just want to say that we value and love them this morning, and thank you so much for them in our lives. In your name I pray, amen. Yeah, thank you so much. I have to kind of full disclosure. Um, I really wanted to this morning, like, start out with uh, a video, uh, a music video, uh, Mr. T's Mother song. Have you ever heard? That? If you haven't heard it, you got to YouTube. Mr. T actually did a song about mothers. It's a great, it's a classic, but Dave didn't want me to do that, so um, we're not going to do it, apparently. But, uh, no, this, this morning, um, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to talk about something that I think will be, uh, be helpful, e- even from, from, uh, for mothers, even in general, parents, because, uh, you know, a, a, as a parent, you know, you, you really want to be that that example for your child. You want to be someone that they can look up to and someone that they can, can trust and everything. And that's a lot of pressure. Uh, I'm a brand new parent, you know, and uh, I, I had no idea the pressures that would come with being a father. Um, and I know my wife, Callie, you know, was blindsided a little bit with some of the stuff that, that we didn't expect when it came to, uh, you know, having our child. Uh, so this morning's message, I think, can be um, encouraging because we're going to talk about uh, something. Um, we're actually going to pick back something. Dave Hale did a series back uh, at the end of last year where um, we looked at the cross and the benefits of studying the cross, and uh, or rather what Christ did for us on the cross. And he he discussed some deep theological terms uh, like expiation, appropriation, all that. Tail. I, I want to look at another one: uh, sanctification. Um, and the first, first verse that I want to look at here is Hebrews 10, 12 through 14. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. I want, to, I want to look at that word right there, sanctified, sanctification. So let's look at what, what sanctification actually means. So to be sanctified means that something or someone has been cleansed and set aside for a sacred use. Uh, the Greek word translated sanctification is hagiasmos. I'm, I'm probably butchered that. Uh, it sounds something like my daughter would say. Uh, means holiness. Uh, and so to be sanctified means that someone has been made holy holy. Now, a lot of confusion um, kind of comes around this doctrine uh, of sanctification. Um, there, there are many differing opinions. 
uh, on our role in being sanctified or being made holy. Uh, at the core of its issue really is whether sanctification, being made holy, is something given to us as a gift in Christ as a consequence of what he accomplished on the cross, or is it something that we must work to attain, or is it a mixture of both? Um, popular doctrine, I know uh, growing up in, in the church that I was in, um, popular doctrine wa- was that uh, we are made holy by Jesus, and then we grow in holiness by our efforts and obedience to Jesus. In other words, if you really break it down, and I'm, I'm sure most people who hold to this, this kind of opinion probably wouldn't word it this way, but if you really break it down, it is really like this. It's what Jesus did on the cross, this, this sprinkling of his blood to make us holy was a good start, but we need to complete it. I, I don't agree with this. Um, so I, I want to look at the, the subject of sanctification in the context of uh, Scripture as a, as a whole uh, and what, what our role is in it. So I'm going to I'm going to make some some statements that I will back up with some scripture. The first one is that only God can make something or someone holy. And we see this supported in many scriptures. Uh, Exodus 31, 13. So you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Leviticus 28. I'm the Lord who makes you holy. And again, Leviticus 21, 8. Because I am the Lord, I am holy, I who make you holy. And then Leviticus 22.9, I am the Lord who makes them holy. So we see also uh, in, in New Testament, Hebrews 9, chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 13 through 14. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifers sprinkled on those who are ceremonial, ceremonially unclean uh, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? And if we look over at 2 Thessalonians 2, 13, we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and believe in the truth. So we see that, that God is the only one that, that, that is able to make something holy. It's not, it's not something that we can, can do for ourselves. We see uh, from the Old Testament that the imperfect sacrifices were only able to cleanse and sanctify uh, uh, the people on the outside. But it, only the blood of Christ was able to truly sanctify, sanctify us and make us holy. Second uh, statement is sanctification is a one-time event. It is not progressive. So we've, we've said that only God can make someone holy. Now we're saying that it's a one-time event. It's not a progression. If we look at Hebrews 10, 1 through 2, the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, Make perfect those who draw near to worship. Otherwise, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once and for all. So again, it's just saying, if those sacrifices back in the Old Testament, if they were, if they were making someone holy, if they truly were making someone holy, why were they repeated 
day, like year after year. They, get, it, they won't work. They only, they only uh, sanctify the outside. They only cleanse the outside. The writer of the Hebrews starts off the chapter by declaring that through the law, through this ongoing sacrificial system, no one could make no one perfect. And then he sets up in the, uh, at the end that uh, the required sacrifice of Jesus' blood is what makes us holy. He ends the chapter by declaring that Jesus, as our high priest, offered a perfect once-for-all sacrifice and makes us perfectly holy forever. And ju- jumping back to that first verse that I, I read at the beginning, I'll read it again. Uh, Hebrews 10, 12 through 14. But when Christ has offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Now, there are two ways that you can read that last sentence, that last phrase. Either it means that by one sacrifice, Jesus has made perfected forever those who are in the process of becoming holy, which really doesn't make sense when you, when you read it like that. Um, are we perfect or are we on a journey? It, it, it can't be both. Um, or it means by one sacrifice, Jesus has made perfect forever those who are coming to faith and thereby at that time being made holy. Uh, if we look at, at Hebrews 2.11, I think this kind of supports that. Um, one, of the, one of the options this phrase is, this phrase is, is supporting is, is in this verse. Let me pull it up real quick. Ah. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers. So, we're saying in this process that scripture, uh, the Hebrews 10, uh, 13 and 14, that verse 14 is saying that once for all Christ made us holy when we come into him into salvation. And everyone's on a different path. There's, there's someone out there this morning that may you know, have a, a seed planted they're not yet been sanctified, but once they come into Christ, that sanctification is instant and is for all time. If we look at Hebrews 10.10, then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We are the subject receiving what Jesus' action purchased for us. We, we're the beneficiaries of his obedience. We are made holy by the sacrifice of himself. This was always God's plan, right from the beginning. The divine will unfulfilled in animal sacrifices is realized through Jesus' offering of himself, and it was once for all sacrifice that needed no repetition. By his offering himself, Jesus sanctified, set aside us as believers forever in a perfect relationship with God. If we look at Colossians 2, 8 through 10, I love this. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principle of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all 
principality and power. If we look at First uh, Corinthians, First Corinthians three sixteen, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? It repeats this later on in the in the book in chapter six nineteen through twenty. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. You see, in the Old Testament, when uh, they were constructing the, the tent, the, the tabernacle, for the Spirit of God to come and dwell amongst the people, there was a process of sacrifices, of, of prayer, of, of oil uh, that, that, that was to perfect, perfect the, the Holy of Holies. But the Holy of Holies did not become holy until the Spirit of God came down and dwelt in the tabernacle. So just as in the Old Testament where God did not step into somewhere unless it was, it was clean, it was perfected, he stepped in and it became holy. Do you not know that you are the temple, your body is the temple of God? Through Christ's sacrifice of making us clean, God is able to come in, his spirit dwells within us, and we are holy. Next one, we answer a call to live holy lives because we are a holy people. In other words, we, we find challenges in scriptures to live up to holiness inside of us, given to us th- freely through Christ's sacrifice. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote in his book on holiness, holiness is not something we are called upon to do in order that we may become something. It is something we are to do because what we already are, which is holy. Because we have been made holy, the gospel exhorts us to live holy. So many scriptures in the New Testament speak to this truth. Uh, but, but our walking in holiness, this living holy lives, they're the fruit of, what, of who Jesus, Jesus made us, which is holy. He's put to death our old, uh, our old selves, and we are to uh, put on our brand new selves, which is created to be like Jesus. If we look at Ephesians 4, chapter 22 through 24, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in an attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then in Ephesians 5, verse 3, but among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people, sanctified ones. Now, now that the, uh, the that Jesus' blood and His Spirit, who dwells in us, has made us holy, we should avoid these things. Uh, the, these are things that are improper for us, and not uh, not that now that we are holy. Uh, and this this is the theme throughout the New Testament. Um, Paul writes it consistently. There's challenges to be holy because God is holy. Um, and they're, they're, they're really, um, what was, what's the word, uh, promises rather, rather than, than challenges because God has already made us holy. So it's a call to live in the holiness that we already are, not, not to work in our own, our own flesh to try to do things to make ourselves holy. If we look at uh, 2 Timothy 
1.9. I know I'm throwing a lot of scriptures at you this morning. Um, 2 Timothy 1.9. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Uh, for us, holy living, like I said, is a fruit of being made holy and not, a, a, as the legalists declare, uh, we become holy when our actions are holy. Our obedience is not the root or the cause of our being made holy. The shed blood of Jesus has made us holy and our new nature in his image empowers us to walk as holy creations. We still up? I'm sorry, this screen just went blue and it threw me. I, I didn't know if we were still up here. Uh, if we look at 1 Peter 1, 5, just as he who is called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. In the Old Testament, being holy was a fearsome kind of uh, judgment because you weren't holy and you couldn't be holy. Um, but in the New Testament, the call to be holy is, is an awesome privilege because you have been made holy, and you can live a holy life. So the reality is you weren't in the Old Testament, and you couldn't, but now you are and you can. Our living holy lives are a consequence of our holiness, not the cause. We are not made holy by our living out our, our faith. Holiness is the fruit and not the root of being sanctified. And in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I, I, I read this verse uh, a lot growing up, and I always thought of it as this, this kind of like stern, you know, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. But the tone doesn't match what, what the grace, uh, the covenant of grace brings to us. It, it really is way different. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll, I'll read it in the tone that I, I, I feel this in. Um, if you love me, You'll keep my commandments. And you, you hear that subtle difference. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a condemning like, you know, you better. It's like, I've made you, I've made you holy. You're, you're going to do the things that I, I've made you do. Now, it does not mean that we do not uh, stumble. Um, because legalists, as I said before, legalists will take this verse and, and, and read it like, the proof of your love is that you keep my commandments. But it's not. The thought, uh, that as though obedience were, was the root and not the fruit. Um, it, it's a promise and not a challenge or a rebuke. It's a promise that I have made you holy. I have made you uh, pure through the sacrifice of Christ. You have to just live in the new creation that I've created you to be. God's call to us is to be holy because we are holy. So I kind of want to um, kind of rehash all, all the points that, that we've made this morning, kind of wrap this up. So only God makes people holy. It's not a work of the flesh. Sanctification is a one-time event. It's not a progression. We answer a call to live holy be lives because we are a holy people. We do not become holy because we live increasingly holy lives. Falling short does not redefine us. It, it does not, uh, we, we remain holy people either way. Um, 
There's, there's, no, there's no doubt that uh, Christians, we're, we're called to live holy lives. It, it's clear in Scripture, old and new. Sanctification given to us by Jesus enables us to live those holy lives. The sanctification enables us to learn new ways of walking. Um, because we, we, don't, we no longer have a, a sin nature. What we, what we probably have is more sin habits. Um, our, our, our flesh is so used to, to what our old ways was that sometimes it just repeats itself. Um, but that nature has been killed, has been done away with, with Christ on the cross. Uh, so my encouragement is don't let anyone discover you mid-process. Uh, redefine you as a sinner and not as a saint, even though your actions may not be up to the definition or their definition of sainthood. Um, this is the message Paul gives in Galatians. He's, he says this in Galatians 2, 15 through 21. We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of, uh, of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we, are also, uh, we ourselves also are found sinners in Christ. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. So, Paul, Paul also reiterate, reiterates this in a different way uh, when he talks about the grace message. In, in that, you know, uh, if, if this message of grace, if, if, we, if we sin, and in essence our standing with God doesn't change, why not sin even more to promote this, this gospel of grace? But he says, certainly not. That's, that's not what we're called to do. And just, just like our, our, our holiness, uh, we, we should not allow uh, the, this gift of the gospel, allow us to be uh, lax, 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 I'll just, I was going to say lackadaisical, uh, but lax with how we approach uh, the way we live our lives. Because we are called to be a holy people, or live holy lives because we are holy people. Um, so yeah, th th this morning, I know this is kind of a really short message, but I, I just want to encourage you all this morning. Um, some, some of you here may be, be struggling with um, just seeing yourselves inaccurately. And I, I think it's important that we see ourselves accurately, the way that, that God sees us, the way that God has created us. Uh, because that, that mindset, that change in mindset, is what helps transform the way we live our lives. Uh, so, yeah, th this morning, let, let's remember that, that we don't have to, to, to struggle and, and strive to, to somehow make ourselves clean or make ourselves holy because Christ did that for us already on the cross. It, it, it's, it's a wonderful gift. It's incredible when you think about it, just what he did for us on the cross. It wasn't just he, he erased our sins. He erased our sins and made us holy in God's sight forever, regardless of what we do. No matter what we do, our standing with God is, is always firm. It's, its foundation is firm and set, and there's nothing that will change that. So our call this morning is, is to live holy 
as we are made holy. We're, we're already holy, so just live up to the thing that God created us to be. So, uh, yeah, that, that can look, that can look um, a lot like, you know, just simply asking God to renew our minds, to re- renew the way we, we look and, and, and see ourselves and to, to pour ourselves into Scripture and help transform our minds because that's what Scriptures do. They help transform our minds, and then we can start to see ourselves as God created us, holy beings. So if you would just stand this morning, um, I'll, I'll close this out in prayer, and uh, we're, we're going to enjoy the blessings that God has given us this day. Father God, I just thank you for, God, just your, your love, your grace, and, and the sacrifice that Christ gave us on the cross and what all that did for us. Not only just erasing sin, but, but making us holy and, and making us right in relationship with you forever, God. We thank you. Again, we just want to... Uh, uh, to enjoy um, our families today. They're gifts from you, and we, we want to honor the mothers in our lives and thank them for the sacrifice that they, they uh, give to us day in, day out. God, we love you. We thank you. In your name I pray, amen. Hope you all have a, a great week. If you need prayer, uh, our, our leadership team will be up here up front. We will be happy to pray for you. If you're online and you like prayer, you can reach out to us, email us. Uh, there should be a, a Connect uh, tab on the website. Uh, I hope you all enjoy your Mother's Day. Uh, I love you and look forward to seeing you next week.